Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the Ag Market Network, our monthly cotton teleconference here on September the 13th. We want to recognize our sponsors and thank them, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed, uh, make this program possible, and we really appreciate what they do for us. Uh, We want to thank our speakers today. uh, uh, We are led today by Kip Butts and uh, Kip. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you leading us today. Well, good morning. Thank you, Pat. Um, you had mentioned, I think, uh, wanted to start off. I think with export sales this morning. I believe, Pat. Uh, yeah, know. yeah. It just it just popped up here. I was delaying because I didn't see it. Okay, yeah. we've got eighty-one thousand seven hundred running bales. And uh, Mexico took 22,300, Indonesia took 13,800, Vietnam took 13,500, and uh, new crop sales of 17,700, and actual shipments of 135,700. Right. I mentioned, too, that there were some in current crop. uh, Pima did have some sales of 5.8, and I mentioned, I'm looking at this report as well, China did cancel 1.2. Uh, 1,300 bales. So, uh, you know, that looks like uh, we had ju- just had a quick discussion before the uh, before the teleconference started, and we were talking about it. Looked like business was just not quite as robust as it had been for a while, and maybe uh, maybe that. Well, this is evidence. It's, it's certainly not knocking the doors off. Anyway, uh, we had the September supply demand report released yesterday. I think I'll need to, uh, let's talk about those numbers and maybe we can open it up for further discussion with any of our uh, panelists today. Uh, I think most people in the market were looking for a slightly larger U.S. Uh, US production and basically the things I was hearing was just maybe a little larger ending stock number in the world. Uh, and in fact, the USDA did increase uh, production from 19.2 to 19.7, call it, uh, for the U.S. crop. Uh, they did also increase exports from 15.5 to 15.7. Uh, those were the most uh, salient features in the, as far as the overall uh, increase in ending stocks from 4.6 to 4.7. Now, we can go through uh, a lot of the changes if we want to on that, but I think the, the bottom line is here that we did get a 524,000 bail increase, uh, 5.19 and up. Uh, I think that was the uh, FSA numbers, the adjustment for that. Uh, that was in planted area. The harvested area was a 410 increase, which is showing a little bit of increase in abandonment. Uh, much of that was in Texas. Uh, and the, uh, like I said, the 447,000 bale increase in production. The yield did go down uh, 15 pounds from 911 to 895 uh, in the September report. As far as the USDA forecast for prices, it's unchanged at a range from 70 to 80 cents for the average farm price. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold here. I hope I don't uh, go into a coughing fit here. But let's uh, let's look at the world uh, world numbers now on the WASDE report. Beginning stocks were reduced 720,000, primarily a function of a bit of an increase in the mill use uh, for the previous two years, 2017. Uh, 2016, rather, and 2017 saw uh, increases in mill use uh, on a global basis. Um, Production was up on 1.4 million bales uh, in the world, and mill use went up 320. 
it resulted in ending stock increase of about 360,000 bales. Outside the U.S., we had, uh, well, you know, you're just doing the subtraction, quite honestly. Um, production was up a million, and all of the domestic use uh, was in foreign, and uh, we did uh, increase the ending stocks just about 260,000 bales, uh, the foreign stocks, I should say. Major changes, I guess China's, uh, we had a million bale increase in China. Uh, we had a half a million bale increase in Brazil and about a 550,000 bale decrease in Australia due to primarily, I think, to the, the drought we've seen there in some very poor conditions. On balance, uh, these numbers were neutral to somewhat negative neutral in as much as people, I think, followed closely, uh, reasonably close to expectations, and a little bit negative simply because we saw the ending stocks increase, and the market reflected that yesterday by showing a pretty sharp decline right after the uh, report. But uh, whether it was expectation of earthquake, uh, earthquake, the uh, hurricane, or changes in the uh, in in that forecast, uh, the market did close well off the lows of the day, uh, but still down. So I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about on these numbers, fellas. If I've missed something or you, you find something of of note, uh, uh, please chime in and let me know. But I think that's sort of a summary of what uh, what the report showed us yesterday. Anybody have any? Thoughts or comments? Well, even though they even though they reflected some increased mill use uh, in India, if I remember correctly, they didn't um, come up with the uh, historical revisions of Indian uh, stocks. So we're still waiting on that. Yeah, thank you for that. They didn't increase the mill use three hundred thousand. I didn't mention it. Thank you. Hey, uh, OA, is there any hope? that they're ever going to fix that. <laughs> I, I wonder. I, you know, I, anything I say there on that is just rolling the dice. I, I don't really understand why they let that stand. I know they met, uh, had an individual meeting with the Indian uh, Cotton Association last week, but uh, uh, the Indians felt that that was finally going to occur, but... Uh, you know, I was skeptical of it, and it's just a roll of the dice what they're going to pick up there. The biggest problem is, or the, what they face is, the India has a, a, a cotton year, a marketing year that's uh, just a month uh, month off, or is it two months off, Gerald? Like I think it's just one month off hours. So they're trying to use the USD, the, the US uh, cotton marketing season. Uh, August to July, and India itself uses a September to August. So uh, th that's what USDA faces. I'm not sure why it's uh, so difficult, but uh, they f they feel like it is. I know one of the things that they say that India uh, has to carry over three months supply of cotton. Uh, I believe it's three months uh, to uh, to uh, keep their mills running because they have uh, their mill consumption is so so. Uh, high but at the same time india delivers crop indian gin deliver crop uh 10 months out of the out of the year a bit different than us so i you know I, i'll just quit talking about that i will say there's one thing yesterday that happened when the market rallied uh it, as kip has pointed out when the report was released the market was uh, slipped a little bit and then uh, the market rallied real strong uh and it was the exact same time the stock market rallied, which was based supposedly 
on the idea that the U.S. and China were going back to the negotiating table. I think that's going to happen. But once that uh, fact was confirmed, then the market sold off again, as Kip mentioned, and uh, uh, had to fight his way back. Yeah. I was watching the business TV uh, all day yesterday in my hotel room, and they were making a real big deal out of the out of the apparent fact that it was the U.S. Ap- approaching China, saying, "Hey, cared. like that was something different." Uh, like I say, I don't know what came of it. Well, it has been in those negotiations. I do think that uh, the fact that the the U.S. approach them has been sort of a different deal because it's been kind of the other way around, at least yeah. for some time. So maybe someone was trying to make that a uh, bigger point than it, I don't know, it may or may not be. I, well, uh, Kip and uh, y'all, I might as well bite the bullet. I've been saying and have said all along that the Chinese situation was not going to impact us, and obviously it has. Obviously I've been incorrect. But nonetheless, the way it's coming at us from a, a psychological impact, we're just the market is just concerned that we're uh, in a trade uh, battle with them anyway. It's not going to affect cotton demand, and it's got not going to con- uh, do anything obviously with supply. It's just going to have we we'll just have to reroute the flows and uh, how how. Uh, the, the, the trade balance is impacting flows. The same amount of bales will go out of the U.S., for instance, noting USDA raised the export level. Uh, it's just that it may not go to China or it may not go directly to China, but we'll fill in the gaps in other countries. But nonetheless, it still obviously is affecting the market. You know, Gerald, Gerald, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think... Uh I think we're underestimating a little bit, you know, the influence of the U.S. dollar. Um, and, and, of course, some of that, I'm sure it's all tied into this, this these trade uh, uh, flow issues. Um, but you look at Turkey, for example, and, and you look how, how much that currency depreciated relative to the U.S. dollars. I hear there's cotton just sitting in the ports over there. Now, mills haven't canceled buying the cotton, but they can't pay for it right now. Um, you know, look at the depreciation of the Chinese yuan, the Indonesian rupiah, the Thai bat. Um, those certainly aren't as severe as what's happened in Turkey, but uh, uh, these other countries, I think, uh, or <clears throat> the, the, the value of the dollar relative to these, to these other countries, it's certainly, I think, having somewhat of an impact on, on, on trade flows, at least sales. But, uh, you know, the export sales number wasn't too great this year for this week, but I just quickly looked back the last couple of years, and, you know, Labor Day weekend seems to be, you know, a a fairly slow week in in export sales numbers. So we we should expect, if things are going to get back to where they were a year ago in terms of the pace of sales, we should see something much more uh, vigorous happen from here on out. Well, there's one thing to think about, too. We had a record uh, rollover of export sales this year, so it may be, given the, the uh, stronger dollar and to your, to your excellent point, by the way, of these, these currencies that are weak, uh, maybe these folks don't need the, to buy the cotton right now. Maybe they're covered for the short term, 
and they want to just they're kind of on hold because we we had came over here with you know we got record sales as far as the rollover for the for this time of the year so maybe they don't have to be quite as uh, as aggressive in buying and they can put it off. Um, I you know, Oa made the comment about the uh, about the. Uh, the trade negotiations with China, I do think that's impact. I agree with him, by the way. I don't think it's going to have a dramatic impact on cotton. But maybe the psychological uh, uh, thought of just all this going on has mills sort of uh, kind of on their heels to wait and see. The demand for foreign, uh, foreign growth has been, I hear, pretty darn good, particularly Brazil. And there's been some, uh, some noise about some African stuff being sold. So maybe we're getting this short-term deal where the global mills are wanting to look at the foreign gross. Those currencies are probably, uh, and I have not looked at those pairings, uh, or at least I haven't in several weeks, but uh, those pairings may not have been as severe as the U.S. dollar against their currency, and perhaps um, that's part of the, why they have a little more interest in that. The exchange rates may have a bigger impact, to Gerald's point, than a lot of people give it credit. I, well, an excellent point there is, in fact, as Gerald mentioned, Turkey. Uh, their their economic situation is just uh, basically the only way to say it is in the pits. It's uh, uh, and the government is having very little success in fighting, uh, absolutely no success actually in fighting that situation. Uh, the way they're going about it, and it's going to just uh, keep a keep a clamp on that Indian situation. Excuse me, on the Turkish situation until until the government will. In fact, losing some money somehow, and don't know how they're going to do that. They certainly haven't been able to. Any any comments on this hurricane, uh, Hurricane Florence? <laughs> what, could could there be a real effect on cotton grown in in that part of the country? Well, if it's certainly as big as uh, they're making it out to be, it's going to have some impact. You know, even Damn. if the docks only what five ten percent off of the. Uh, off the yield estimates, but uh, I think people are preparing for, especially maybe in North Carolina, possibly the way it's shifted now into South Carolina, you know, you might be talking about uh, losing 20, 25% of the estimated production there in those yeah. two states. That's certainly possible. We have to have to be careful about these hurricanes. And some of it, I looked up uh, because of the time of the year and where it's landing, uh, where it's hitting, I looked up what happened with Hugo. <laughs> It was a lot of that had, uh, by the way, that was a long time ago. But uh, when Hugo did hit the coastline there uh, on the Carolinas, it was a really bad storm at the time. And everyone sort of knew uh, that there had been some pretty bad crop damage. The yield estimates, uh, now this may mean that USGA was low on the yield estimates in August, but uh, when they finally got through in October, November, those yields had actually gone up after the hurricane. And I think it really depends on how long it stalls and hangs around and dumps rain. Uh, if it hits and then goes on, then, you know, the the point is we don't know. We're going to have to wait uh, until after the fact and, and do this. There's a lot of speculation, but it could be bad. But typically we overestimate the impact on the negative side of hurricanes, not every time, but almost every time. Yeah, and it gets a little messy literally but in the sense that it may not impact yield and production as much as we think but it's it has a quality effect oh yes well, that, the damage oh. losses right. just for what for what it's worth the uh, if you look at Virginia North Carolina South Carolina that total 
what's sitting out there is they estimated at one point almost one point six but that's how much cotton we're talking about right South Carolina alone has got five hundred and fifty so there's a lot there so if well, you knock I, off I would a quarter, take a little bit different excuse me I go ahead if you knocked off a quarter <clears throat> you're basically back to the estimate before uh the September yeah. number came out <laughs> yeah. Right. I've not looked at the pattern this morning, uh, but I think we have shifted, at least as I went to bed last night, I shifted a little uh, south of Virginia, so to speak, and more into Georgia. Now, it did not appear to be reaching into the Georgia southwest irrigated country, but uh, there certainly is a lot more cotton there in Georgia. Uh, not trying to say Virginia's out of it, I obviously don't know. But uh, there, there, there could be a little bit more cotton in that circuit if you get that big acreage in Georgia start, starting to get hit. But I think we yeah. learned last year that uh, what, what y'all were just saying, we we did sit back and wait. Probably going to be, be but but not necessarily do we uh, lose some quantity. Does anybody remember the uh, uh, the? Uh, the USDA uh, numbers for Monday <clears throat> regarding how much of the crop is open in either North or South Carolina? Yeah, I looked at that. No. One second, I'll be able to tell you if I get to my computer here. I don't know. seriously slow this morning for whatever reason. It was a little, I think, uh, oh, here we are, finally. Polls opening in uh, North Carolina was 43 compared to 36% average. South Carolina was uh, 28 compared to 42. So if it has hit one or the other, let's hit South Carolina because it's uh, a little behind on its uh, bold opening. Georgia is quite honestly, though, uh, not Georgia, uh, North Carolina is ahead of the five-year average. Georgia is behind 40% uh, compared to 51% of the five-year average. So those are numbers released on Monday. Like so it's definitely going to have a quality impact. Right, right. I'm going to switch gears for a minute, if you don't mind. I have uh, been watching these polyester prices in China and in India. They have uh, they've been going up, and we we talked about this once before. At the, in China, the last two days, it's gone. I think it's gone down 50 yuan per metric ton. But uh, has anybody got any thoughts uh, on how this is going to impact uh, the cotton? And my thought is it supports cotton usage and kind of gives us a little bit of a uh, a floor for cotton prices, uh, although we talked about demand not being very good. If the alternative fibers are not in plentiful supply, uh, maybe that just provides a bigger share for cotton and, and puts a little floor under the market. Any thoughts on that, guys? You would think so. Got a lot of hip back, yep. <laughs> yep, <Sorry. I'm> <laughs> no, I, I would certainly agree with you there. It does help that floor on the cotton. I think the floor is pretty solid, though. I'm, it's getting down into scary territory for me to say it's a solid floor. Uh, yes, it uh, with with prices being higher, with production of polyester 
uh, kind of think slipping a, a bit due to Chinese restrictions, I think it does offer Cotton the opportunity to to take a little bit of the fear that it's lost. Begs the question: the short-term apparent weakness in uh, in demand, though. I, uh, Gerald's mentioned it. We talked about it a little bit on on the, the side here. Is there anybody got any ideas on time frames of when they would expect to see demand come back and be a little bit better? Well, a slippery slope here. Now we're suggesting demand might be lower. I don't think we saw it or being squeezed right now. I don't think we're saying that. Certainly those numbers are not particularly favorable, but the one over, uh, overwhelmingly favorable is our uh, the sales that we had on the books uh, when this particular year was what was a new crop year. Uh, so, and, and USDA did increase their estimate of, uh, of exports. Of course, we all know that was associated with a half a million increase in production so consequently they uh, it showed higher disappearance but uh, I, I I am troubled I'm not making light of what you're saying kid I am very troubled that too you know we're only selling a hundred thousand bales so to speak on a weekly basis but, but again those sales that you mentioned that were already on the book carried over and you're know, exceptionally strong well, uh, let me bring this up on the subject of uh, the, the trade, a trade agreement with China. I think that's a great uh, mystery right now. But does anybody have any thought about that? I mean, is this thing going to linger on for month after month, or do you think this thing might could get settled over the next month or two? Well, I certainly would think it would get settled over a couple more months. Uh, it's certainly lingering now, and without any good information one way or the other, uh, we're just going to pull uncertainty. It's uh, uh, no, no way to measure that. It's, uh, uh, it's as we said, a psychological impact. So it, it's, it's just shot in the dark. There's really no way leaders. to know. You got two There's no way to know, but... I'll, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm Go ahead. Sorry, John. Well, I was just going to say... John, go, John. Okay, I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised if there was something negotiated, even if it's just a face-saving thing before the elections. I'm done. That's a good point. Gerald? Oh, I was going to say you've got two leaders who don't want to show any weakness in, in, in front of the world. And so this, I think this thing could linger on for quite some time. Very perceptive comment there. I, I thought well, you would tell that, that we're in a situation where neither leader really wants to show any weakness to, to their domestic uh, constituency. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure that we're seeing, at least so far, a really dramatic impact on either economy that they should be really concerned about. So I, I don't see the urgency on either one to say, oh, it's had a dramatic impact, and so mm. I've got to do something. It, it's like, and I don't think the Chinese actually want to get anything settled before the election. They would prefer to see how it comes out and then 
hopefully give themselves a better position to negotiate uh, should the Republican Party not uh, you know, lose a lot of their seats, which is what we hear a lot about. So um, although I do think maybe they want to do some talking, I'm not sure they want to come up with, uh, with much of a solution until after the election. I hate to kind of cut us short here, but we we've got some issues. We're going to need to kind of wrap it up, and so let's let's do what we usually do: let's go around and see what people, what you guys think the price could do. Kip, give us your range of what you think the December cotton can do. That's my bottom side, which was about seventy-eight cents, very high seventies uh, last month when we talked. I it, maybe I need to pick that up a little bit and say that's that's eighty cents, maybe eighty-one cents. The high end. Uh, I think we can still. It all depends on the supply. I mean, this herring could could make a difference. Uh, uh, we got a note this morning that Pakistan uh, committee met. They dropped their crop about a. I don't know. I think it was fifty hundred thousand bales or something. So uh, the supply, I think, is going to be a big deal. Demand, you know, we've already talked about that. So the high end of this thing is probably still mid nineties, depending on the supply situation. I'm not as bullish as I was a month or so ago, simply because. Uh, in the U.S., these crops just keep getting larger. So my range is, call it 80 to, to 95 cents. All right, John? I'd say about 77 back to 90. Okay, Gerald? Uh, 77, 78 to 87, 88. Okay, away? It's extremely scary because all four of us basically say the same thing, so... So that's not going to be the case. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get below 79 for me, but it was hard to get below 81 for me. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I do need a little bit of uh, restitution to the trade issue to, for me to get into the 90s, but uh, that will come sooner or later. But uh, it, it's uh, I, I just have to basically say what the other guys said I'm round everybody off a little bit just 80 to 90 whether it be 77 to 95 but 80 to 90 cents the uh, uh, the one thing that was is we have going for us is that the president has signed off on the, on the restitution uh, comments or uh, plan for cotton growers uh, not sure exactly how that payment's going to come out yet when the final payment will be made, but uh, that will be a fairly significant uh, portion of the paycheck. So uh, that 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 could help us get over the hump uh, and help move the, the trade situation along. Okay. Well, let's let's go ahead Jen, and just wrap it up and say thanks for being with us uh, here for the Ag Market Network, September 13th edition of our program. We want to thank again our sponsor, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. Uh, thanks, our, thanks to our speakers, and special thanks to Kip Butt for leaving us today. That concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat.